Hello friends, welcome to episode 78 of The Luke Winstall Show. This is the first episode of 2021 and I want to start it off with a great guest. Today we're bringing in a Super Bowl champion, member of the original Legion of Boom, Seattle Seahawks defense, cornerback Walter Thurmond. Walter, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great as well. I'm excited to talk with you today about your story and your NFL career. First off, Walter, I want to start at the beginning of your career in Seattle. When you get drafted, you're one of the first members to be selected that would eventually be part of that Legion of Boom defensive back group. What was the environment like? What were your feelings at the beginning coming into Seattle? You know, it was, it was great. It was, an, it was an opportunity and honor to be able to to be drafted to play at the, the professional level. Um, Seattle was going through a transitional period. Pete Carroll coming in there and having uh, Earl Thomas getting drafted in the, the, the first round there and looking at their rebuilding. And I've been a fan of Marcus Trufant uh, being a cornerback there. So being able to learn from him and pick his brain. Uh, Lori Malloy, who was there as well during that time, you know, 15-year veteran. Uh, just so much experience. Uh, that was really the foundation of being able to help mold this younger class that was coming in and getting drafted in the defense they were looking to build out, especially in that secondary room, and had such great mentors with Laura Malloy and Marcus Trufant being able to coach us up and get, giving us a crash course of what to expect uh, as players on the in the NFL and also but as players in the community of Seattle. And uh, it was just such a great, a great learning experience being drafted and being welcomed and brought into such a, an amazing DB group. You talk about that defensive back group. And over your first couple of years in the league, the Seahawks are drafting these guys. It seems like more so in the later rounds with Sherman and Chancellor in the fifth and sixth round. You being a fourth round pick, guys coming out of the CFL to join as well. So with the Seahawks, when did you start to realize hey, we might have something special here. We might have a group that could go down in NFL history. Uh, it was progressional, you know. I mean, yeah, Marcus Schumacher, that was, you know, he was in there. He ended up being there for the three years uh, before the Super Bowl. Uh, Lauren Malloy, that was his last year with the team. So it was kind of, uh, it was still early on. I mean, you had competitors. You had, you know, you had guys that had trips on their shoulders. You know, Earl was out there. He was thrust into the fire early on, starting at safety. Uh, so you can see his his raw talent and ability. Uh, Cam was being utilized on special teams. I was uh, the third corner up, so I would come in situational, either at nickel or uh, in the event of injury for Marcus Trufant or Kelly Jennings and being thrusted in there. So you were able to see the three of us that, you know, these guys that had potential and ability uh, to play at this level and being able to contribute. And then that next year comes around and more guys can becomes, becomes a starter. I'm competing for a starting opportunity. Um, things are starting to grow. We bring in Richard Sherman gets drafted by Maxwell the next year. Um, you, you see that these guys in training camps, that these guys have playmaking ability. Sherm was one of the, one of the guys that you, you see him, he had the long length and, and, and stride and, and, ability to play at a very high level uh still early on i'm starting brandon browner's camp comes in from the cfl uh he's starting uh cross side from each other i break my leg uh the fifth game of the season that year which puts richard sherman into the starting position 
and that's all she wrote at that uh, at that <laughs> point of seeing you know his ability and him taking ownership uh you know having that mentality the next man up and so you we're they're putting all these different pieces together you're seeing the talent the ability of the guys all these guys that i mentioned have chips on the shoulder have something to prove and i think that's something that was the ultimate piece that pushed us in into that space of the of having such a dominant defense. Obviously, once Sherman gets thrust into that starting position, now you have three of the four guys over six three, over six foot three inches at that point starting on the team, and you know now you have this the statue of playing that's being thrust into the the NFL and on the scene. Obviously, the, that ability to be able to hit make plays, tackle at a very high level to where now you're starting to mold and shift what it, what had become the Legion of Boom uh, within that secondary and just the fearlessness of it and then the play to ultimately back up uh, that mantra of Legion of the Boom as well. Interesting. Well, for pretty much everyone listening to this show, they will not have been able to go inside of that Seattle Seahawks defensive back room. So, can you describe what it was like being in there with so much swagger and so much talent in one room? We'll say like in the 2013 season. How would you describe that? Again, it was respect. Like you were saying, like the, the first of the guys that were being molded to lead, take, lead over and take over that room of you know Earl, myself, and Cam and creating this mentality. And the Roy Lewis's as well. You know, there's this foundation of guys that were building this mantra of this ideal of get more and maximizing your full potential and pushing beyond that. Uh, it was a high, it was a high intellect, high cerebral group of guys that were in that room. So now we're taking our learning ability and study ability and honing that to where we're, it's allowing us to be put into positions to go make plays, to go make those big hits, to go make the interceptions and, and so on and so forth to where that was something that was a little bit more rare from other organizations that I've been a part of. I think the peak of the Legion of Boom happened in that Super Bowl that was early 2014 following the 2013 season and the 2013 playoff run in Seattle. And I remember the storyline coming into that game. My family has always been big fans of Peyton Manning. So that Denver offense, one of the best of all time and the best offense that season, taking on the Seattle defense and the Legion of Boom, the best defense in the league at the time, and one of the best defenses now in NFL history once you look back at everything. How did you guys prepare to face off against a Peyton Manning-led offense with experienced Super Bowl champions like Wes Welker, effective players like Demarius Thomas and Trendon Holiday, yeah. Eric Decker? How do you prepare for that? You know, it, it, really, it really started, it was more worried about us and what we did it didn't it never really came down to the opponent that we we're facing and that started when the loss against the Atlanta Falcons in the playoff game the year prior and there was a decision the overall collective decision that was made individually as well to not want to be in that position again and the training from the offseason the training through the season uh we, we had so much adversity to where each game was literally a fight it came down to the last few minutes of the game, last quarter. Um, there was maybe one or two games to where we just got a handle and hold on and just, you know, really blew a team out, you know. 
to where it was a dogfight the whole year. So we've been we've been in adverse situations. We've been down by twenty and going into the fourth quarter and came back in to win games. So we 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 understood what it took. Most importantly, going into that game was like I was saying from the defense side of the ball. And we knew we knew what we did. We had PhDs in running cover three, playing man coverage. We don't do anything too crazy. And I made a comment uh, during media day. Uh, like we had two weeks. We had two weeks to prepare for our opponent. And someone said, "Well, don't you think Clay Manny has two weeks?" I'm like, "Yeah, he has two weeks, but we're running cover three. It's not a surprise. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a surprise of what we're running." So again, the way we played our defense was we we played our weakness of the defense. So if you know our weakness of the defense, we're studying and training for our weakness of the defense. So when when it, when it comes out to actually playing, we have no weaknesses out there because you're looking for those weaknesses and those weaknesses are covered. And the coverage the coverage itself is going to stop everything else. So now what are you going to do? Now you hold the ball. Now our front four goes out there and go and causes pressure. And now we have a sack or a rush throw, and we played that through our whole year. And so for us, it was we knew what we were doing to to the very dot of the defense. And so we just had a tremendous amount of confidence going into that game. And we had the philosophy of, like, who says they have to score? And if you look back at that game, through the, through the safety and the touchdown that we had, we would have beat the Broncos just by defense ourselves 8-7. to seven. Wow. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, it's uh, – so it's just a, a so it's just an interesting it's just an interesting aspect and component to where going into that game of the level of the players the level of study the intellect the things that we've gone through through the whole year and the year prior really led up to the culmination of that of the of the Super Bowl and it it was just a really just great great aspect and tremendous situation just to see everyone coming together in that capacity to uh to make something happen definitely and you mentioned the atlanta game the year before i told you before we went on i was at that game with the crazy ending of it where matt bryant from the falcons misses a field goal but the referees say that coach carroll called a timeout they redo the field goal bryant makes it the atlanta falcons win and move on so i'm wondering what impact or what kind of effect did that playoff loss have on shaping the seattle defense the next year and that Seattle team that would take over the league? Oh, I mean, it, 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 it has everything to do with sh- shaping the mentality of the whole team. Like I was saying, like God, team, the team didn't want to feel like that anymore. They didn't want to have to be so close and understand that we had the, the players, the personnel uh, to be able to get there and to be able to go beyond and to play for the most prestigious prize in all team sports. And and we didn't want to to let that situation come down to chance, and we understood that it's going to come down to everyone doing their job, everyone being accountable, everyone doing the things that's not necessarily seen. And and by what I mean is 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 taking you know going home, doing the extra film study, doing the extra work outside of the practice space, just really pushing us up to those different limits to go on beyond that. And I think that was the biggest thing from that loss to where it put things in perspective for us. And ultimately, people didn't want to feel that way anymore. Interesting. Well, that 2013 defense we've been talking about is one of the best of all time. So I want to get your opinion because 
I know you'll be biased having played on that defense and being friends with those guys, but no one knows it better than you. So where do you think it ranks all time? Is it top five, top ten, top three? Where do you see it? It's, it's interesting because we play in a different different era in league now to where that past happy league. So so to see the numbers that we're able to put up, you know, from a, from a passing standpoint, turnovers, uh, third down, uh, stopping the run, uh, it's it's just uh it's just very unique and then obviously how many different you know pro bowls and first team all pro guys that we had on the team during that time and uh you know it's arguably you know you can say top five you can say top three you know you can can be can be in discussions of you know some of you know even that one or two discussion based off of the statistical aspect of what some of the numbers would suggest uh during that you know so it's uh it's always it's one of those things that's great for debate and the, to be able to, to talk about. But like I said, I, I don't I don't want to be unbiased. I want to be uh, more a fact, uh, factual and practical type of individual. But I mean, it was it was a great team, and I mean, uh, ultimately that team will have a few Hall of Famers, you know, and some guys that maybe could be in the Hall of Fame. It may may have to take some time. I you know Cam he, he got cut short, but I think what he did during his time of playing and with the Hall of Fame, at least for what the Hall of Fame means to me, is, is individuals that impacted the game of football. And for sure, you know Cam was one of those guys that impacted and changed the game of football. Definitely, and that actually leads into something that I was hoping to ask you. How do you think that 2013 and the Legion of Boom, Seattle type defense? changed the game of football going forward to where it's made a lasting mark that is just going to last for decades or last for a while now? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's in the group of guys that were able to do, do it all. You know, everyone was multifaceted, multidimensional. You know, some guys weren't just cover guys or the safety wasn't just a, a big hitter safety. Like our bigger, biggest hitter safety, you know, can cover and it can cover very well. Uh, some of the smaller guys, guys from a physical standpoint that don't look that big, were some of the toughest guys that guys would ever play against. Um, technicians dedicated to the craft, dedicated to wanting to be great. Uh, and coming in my rookie year with Earl Thomas, and you know his him coming in and his mindset was, hey, I want to be a Hall of Famer. That was his mindset. So those are words that he that he spoke to me, and I'm like, from the way he practiced every single day, there was nothing there was nothing left for him because he he practiced as it was he gave 120 percent in practice, flying around and played played every snap at practice like it was it was a game, and so just seeing the 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 mentality most more important than anything, and there's a lot of guys who who talk and and feel that type of way at their best and this that. There's that, but there's also a component of actually training and putting the work in. And I was that's one thing that I respected the most for some of the guys that we that we had on our team, where they put the work in and were dedicated to the craft and, and weren't just full of talk. That actually worked in their style of play, you know, back it up. Well, one of the biggest characters, the vocal leader of the Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman. He's known for so many things that he did both on the field and off the field from the Tom Brady, you mad bro situation to don't match me up with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. 
to all the interceptions in the playoffs, the clutch situations being the number one corner on the team. So with Sherman, do you have a favorite story getting to be around him for so many years? So, so I know Richard before he got drafted. Uh, we had a group of guys that would play online video games in college. One of our guys that he went, that was a high school with Richard, Marvin Johnson, uh, was the DB at Oregon for us. And he would bring Richard into our our group video game sessions online and we were playing like rainbow six with the call of duties and stuff like that. And, uh, so this is my first interaction of meeting Richard, you know, obviously playing against him when he's a receiver at Stanford, uh, getting on that capacity. Then I find out oh, he gets drafted and it's a year of the lockout. So I actually had Richard come out and train with me during the year of the lockout. And this was, I finally made like a, a, a full on recovery from my knee injury. And I was up to my own devices as far as being able to train and I was looking to be able to compete for the starting job come the fall. And so I had Richard come out and, and train with myself. And so, you know, being able to to, to work out with him and, and give him some insight on what to expect from the league and to be able to build confidence. And again, at the end of the day, it's, uh, yeah, we're there to compete against each other, but the more important thing is it's success of the team because we – it would it wouldn't be it would never be right for a situation to where I've had guys in, in situations to where, you know, that wouldn't help me with with the coverages or help me with some things on there because again, we're competing for jobs. And at the end of the day is if if he were to if that person was to go down or get hurt or whatever the case may be, then I would get out there and I wouldn't know what I was doing. That puts the whole team in jeopardy. And so it was, you know, Understanding that, and again, coming from a background of wanting to win championships and have been able to win championships, uh, understanding the importance of you know, the culture and maturation process of the younger development of players to where bringing Sherman to that particular type of situation was, uh, again, hey, we're going to compete. If best man wins. I'll, I only ask for an opportunity to be able to compete for, for my playing time. I don't want a situation to where anything is handed to me. And that was something that was was re- relayed and was accepted, and the ability to where he went on and utilized that aspect to to better himself from a technical standpoint, and then from an overall mindset of what to uh, expect in the NFL. Well, Walter, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Luke Winstall Show. Please be sure to follow the podcast on social media at LWS underscore clips for clips of the show, highlights, news, updates, and more. I'm Luke Winstall, and we'll see you back next week with another edition of the show.